Hello, I'm Stu Sensei and welcome to the Stu Sensei English Podcast, the place that helps you unlock your English ability. Let's crack on with the show. Hello, welcome to the Stu Sensei English Podcast with me, Stu Sensei, and today's guest, Mike from Happy English New York. Today, we are talking about what is the best way to use a textbook. Here we go. I don't know about you, but around about half of the questions I get online are mm-hmm. around pronunciation, but the other half are around grammar or vocabulary. Um, a lot of students are looking to improve their grammar and become more consistent. And um, what methods do you usually suggest to your students to help them improve that? It's the same for grammar and vocabulary. If you learn something, mm-hmm. write a sentence or two or three that are true for you or true in your world with that grammar or that vocabulary and memorize your sentences. So if you learn a conditional sentence, right? So if it rains, first conditional, if it rains, if it rains tomorrow, I'm gonna take an umbrella. If it rains tomorrow, I'm gonna stay home. If it rains tomorrow, I'm gonna get wet because I need to go to work or whatever your sentence is, that's true for you or true in your world. Um, If it rains, my mother always takes the bus instead of the car, if that's true in your world. So um, grammar books and vocabulary books are good, but the examples in them have no connection to your life. Mm. And so that's why I feel people have a hard time remembering grammar and vocabulary because none of the examples that they're reading have anything to do with them. And so I really feel you have to internalize it and personalize it. And so whatever it is, if it's new vocabulary, um, you know, you learn a phrasal verb, put off, put off means to delay or postpone. And you go, oh, I don't have an example. Oh, you mean you haven't put off anything recently? Yes. Right. You haven't, I haven't put off anything. That's your example. I haven't put off anything recently. So to me, that's the best way to remember. And then what you do is you, you, in your, in your notebook, you, you write the word, you write the definition in English or, or you write the grammar sentence if it's a grammar pattern. And then you write two or three sentences that are true for you or true in your world. And then you study those sentences, you know, get flashcards, you know, from the 20th century, little pieces of paper, and you write the sentence on the paper and you, and you drill yourself with your sentences. Yeah. I'm sure if you do that on a daily basis, after a week, you'll remember that grammar better than the exercises on the right-hand side of grammar and use or sure. the left-hand side. And I, grammar and use is a good book. Vocabulary mm. and use, good book. But you need to take it to the next step and use your own exercise, your own examples from your own world. And then you go, oh, okay. I often think it's that. I think that's um, the best way. You know, many people worried about the mistakes they make, but 
I often think that the emotional attachment with the mistake that you make actually helps you learn the thing that you're trying to learn. So the same, similar in what you're saying here, like you're creating an example that means something to you. You know, if it doesn't mean anything to you, then um, you're you're less will you're less likely to have that move into your long term memory because there's no emotional attachment in any shape or form. And the um, the interesting thing is, like when I do social media these days, I'm mostly doing pronunciation, so it's just the word. I'm not giving any extra information. Many many comments are saying, "Can you please give the definition? Please give an example." But in my opinion. That's one of the reasons why you won't learn something is because someone's giving you too much information. You know, it's all on the plate. And you see many teachers putting the same idiom out or something like this, and people still don't learn it, even if they go through it with many teachers, because it's just one way, just input and no relationship, no right. emotional attachment. And like you, you said, have the listening or reading or speaking, all of those add to that. Sorry. You have to have the output. You have to use it. You have to own that word. And the other thing is that we live in the 21st century. We live in a Mick world. In other words, we get instant gratification for everything. If you want, you want to know something, go to Google. You want to eat something right now? Microwave, fast food. Everything is quick and easy. Except playing the piano because learning a musical instrument takes time and effort and practice. Playing a sport, okay? You're not gonna, um, you know, you're not gonna play soccer like uh, Christo, uh, Chris, what's his name? Cristiano Ronaldo. Thank you. You're not gonna play soccer like him in two days, okay? You're not gonna play tennis like Naomi Osaka in two days. And the third thing is learning another language. So learning a sport, learning a musical instrument, learning, learning another language are three things from the analog generation, from the 20th century, the 19th century. You, there's no quick and easy way to do this. You have to put in the time, put in the effort, and understand that it takes time. And it's not easy, but it's not impossible. And about mistakes, I don't know where I got it from, but the phrase I always say, your last mistake is your best teacher. Embrace those mistakes. It's a good phrase. And and I, you know, and I think that's a good way to think about it. You can't, every you're right. Everyone's looking for the tell me more, give me more information. I want to know everything. I wanna, I want I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. I want it now. No, you know, it takes time to do this. This is a work in progress. You just listed three things that take what we've mentioned that take time but in reality in, in reality all skills have the same process it's just the relative nature that they the relative the how relative they are to your life you know so there's right. a reason why we get better as we spend more time at work you know the skills we there we improve because we're there daily the same with school the lessons that we do there <clears throat> we do daily and eventually we become more specific on a subject and and focused on that thing and then we forget forget but forget forget things that maybe that we learned in the past associated with subjects like languages where they're not relevant to our current life and um I think that's very the three that you picked are really hobbies, aren't they? They're not something that necessarily people need. 
So that's why we right. feel like it takes a long time, even though it's exactly the same process that we do with everything else. It's just because what does it mean to me? Again, emotional attachment. What does it mean to me? And sometimes language, people don't necessarily think it's so important or it doesn't affect their life in that moment. Uh, piano is a great example of something that people go in and out of musical instruments and maybe right. sports is one of those things that people these days think they have to do because of health but also you know we have emotional attachments with sports if we're into it so drawing you could give us another example you know there's multiples of those skills that we think right. in our heads it takes a long time to get that skill doesn't it and then we realize that if you if you take your whole of your life you realize like well so so did where i am at my job so did all of the relationships i've got you know it doesn't happen in one day you know you build it over time so it's really interesting the problem i've had with textbooks though you, which you mentioned earlier i've bought textbooks in the past and i've tried to go through page by page from you know page 1 to page 275 or whatever um and then I'd be repeating things. So I went through a process at one stage of just when I got to a hard bit, I just got a new textbook and started again, <laughs> you know, or a new app or something. Um, do you think that this is effective? I, I don't know. You know, it, it depends on your level. If you're a beginner, a textbook is helpful because you need, you need a lot of information. I remember when I first started studying Japanese, I had no vocabulary. I had basic grammar. I couldn't say, I couldn't have a conversation with about anything. Couldn't talk about anything. But I think once you get to a certain level, more than a textbook, read, read a book or read a website or read posts on social media only in your target language. So if you're studying English, only follow people that post in English. And if, if, you're, if you're Japanese and you have Japanese friends that you hang out with on social media, make a new account only English and only follow people who um, are posting in English. And it doesn't, I don't mean teachers follow me. <laughs> do, yes. But, but, you know, follow Elon Musk, hmm. follow the national geographic channel, follow Chris. What's his name? Cristiano Ronaldo. Follow him. If he posts in English, follow whoever you like that's posting in English and just read that. To me, that's better than a textbook if you're at the intermediate or the advanced level, because you, you, you know, if you want to learn how to swim, you got to jump in the pool. You can watch YouTube videos about swimming and read books about swimming and talk to people about swimming. But if you don't get in the pool, you're not going to be able to swim. So if you want to learn how to have an English conversation, you need to get into the English conversation as much as possible. And... Um, I don't want to get too off the tangent, but too off on a tangent, but you don't need me and you don't need Stu. In other words, you do not need a native speaker to improve your language skills. It's already documented that two non-native speakers having an English conversation have a more productive and beneficial conversation for each person than one English learner and one native speaker. It's already the, the, the scientific research is out there. So find a language partner, go to Hello Talk or Clubhouse or some app, find somebody that's also learning English and use English with them and practice with them. And then that's what you need better than a grammar book or 10 grammar books.
I don't know if you ever had this situation where a, a learner really misjudges their level. Um, you know, they come to you and they say, oh, "I'm I'm a complete beginner. I need to start from zero. But they've already been, they've been practicing for a year or so, and they already have a level um, higher than what they believe. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think it's worthwhile, whether it's on their own or, or with a teacher, to go through page by page when they're clearly they've done most of that thing is that effective no and i'll tell you why because just like if i took um a, a grade one japanese textbook i would be super motivated for the first two days yeah and then it would be boring for me because i know more than that because that's a beginner book so um we are all busy adults. Everyone has a job. Everyone has a responsibility. You might have a family. You might have kids, right? So the time that you can spend to work on improving your language skills is really limited. Mm -hmm. So do something that motivates you. If watching Modern Family or Friends um, or some other TV program um, is, is fun for you, then get the script online because you can find the script for any TV program online and watch that and study the script. If you're into, you know, if you're into cooking, go to some cooking websites in English and, and, and learn to get the recipes. You know, like do what you're interested in doing um, because why do you want to go back and go, my name is, his name yeah. is, her name oh oh my god that's so boring yeah and then you'll lose your motivation if, i think if you do that if you want to study something if you're at the at the, like the intermediate level and you think you're a beginner study for the toic exam make an appointment to take the toic exam in six months and study for that because all of the vocabulary in that all the grammar that you'll need to know to get a good score all the listening all the phrasal verbs, all the reading is very practical for everyday life, not just business. It's different from IELTS and TOEFL. You know, TOEFL is all this very academic, um, you know, English and the, the readings about biology or science. Not that's practical unless you're going to attend a university somewhere that you need that. But if you're not, if you're not, if you're an adult and you're not planning on going to university, and you want to improve your skills and you're looking for something to challenge yourself, take TOEIC, study for the TOEIC, or just get the review books and study those. And, and, and you'll, you'll pick up English that you can use in your daily life. A lot of phrasal verbs in there. Um, a lot of useful grammar conditionals. Oh, if I had known about the party, I would have gone, right? If I had known about the party, I would have gone. So, you know, you need to know that for everyday life in, in, in English. And I think that's, that's worthwhile studying. But, you know, to get, you know, the Azar book, grammar series and start from the first book. Oh, man, that's, if you, if you can't sleep at night, get a grammar book. Because that'll help you sleep at night. Or in the day. Get a grammar book, should they get you one? I'm joking. <laughs> this podcast is brought to you by my grammar book. <laughs> Um, but yes, they should buy my grammar book.
<laughs> yeah, definitely. I, I've seen it online. It's got many good reviews. Yeah, so um, thank you. No worries. Thank you. Um, so, thank but you. the um, Toic's an interesting one. So obviously, like you said, it's good for grammar, and, and there's a lot of useful content in there. But obviously, Toic doesn't have a speaking part portion to the exam, from what I remember. So how can a student apply what they have learned within their their routine to go if they're going for TOEIC, for example, what can they do to apply that knowledge or how can they apply that knowledge? Because, you know, people in Japan are very textbook based. Maybe it's coming away from that a little bit now, but sure. relatively. Yeah. Well, um, number one, the ideal thing is have a language partner. If doesn't that doesn't work, if you have nobody doesn't have to be a native speaker. If you have a friend who wants to learn English, practice with them. It's not easy to, if you're two Japanese people and you're speaking English together and you're friends, that's not very natural or comfortable, but it's good practice. But if you, if you don't have anybody, if you're in a situation where you're the only one in your universe, you're the only one in your world that's studying English, you have to talk to yourself. Okay, now, one way that you talk to yourself is you can um, record yourself, pick a topic every day. Um, there's a, a teacher online, Jonathan. He has a, a speaking challenge. Every day there's a topic every month and you get a topic and you, you, you speak, you record yourself doing that. It, it's a habit to everyday speak. Or when you're, you go to the go to the grocery store because when I studied Japanese, this is what I did. I love the grocery store, and you look at you go to the, the vegetable department, and you say, "Hmm, the bananas are cheaper than the apples, uh, but the apples are more delicious than the bananas." Now I'm practicing the comparative. Ooh, if I had more money, I would buy the melon. Sure. The melon is the most expensive fruit in Japan. Something like that. And then you, you use what's around you. You know, you walk in front of the shoe store. Another great example. Oh, the brown shoes are much more expensive than the blue shoes, but the blue shoes look a lot cooler. If I had the blue shoes, I would wear them to a bar. Mm, if I went to a bar, I would get too drunk. And you just have this dialogue in your head. Or you open the fridge and you go, hmm, what am I going to have for breakfast? I don't feel like having eggs. I think I'll just have some yogurt. Sure. You, you've got to get it out. You have to get the, the words out. So if you don't have anybody to talk to, you got to talk to yourself. Definitely. Okay, and, and, and I, you know, all the advice that I've mentioned is what I've done when I was learning Japanese in the beginning. I used to talk to myself. I had little stickers all over my house. I would go into the bathroom in the morning. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm brushing my teeth. I'm washing my face. I'm washing my face. So I had that on the wall. And I would say that. So, you know, the, to me, I think that's helpful. Because it, you, you want to be comfortable with the sound of English coming out of your mouth. Yeah, definitely. Right? You know, I always tell my students, if the only time you speak English is when you're with me, you're not, you're not going to be comfortable doing that. You got to speak when you're not with me, when you're with other people or when you're with, with yourself, or if you have a pet, talk to your cat. Definitely. I mean, that, that is definitely an issue you see many people struggle with is they have 
an hour with a teacher and then they do nothing for the rest of the week they don't open their mouth at all and then they don't see any progress so it's it's a, a, quite a difficult one I think for learners but maybe as teachers we're kind of guilty until maybe recently of not really projecting that they need to be practicing more I've only seen that in the last three four or five years people say more about the effort you need to put in outside of the lesson you know right it's very important it's a key key ingredient it's like um you know I'm I could have an ex excellent knowledge but there's a very big difference there's a reason why Cristiano Ronaldo is where he is and why I am not at the same level of him and it's the level of um practice he's put in really is the key right. thing you know right. so. that's why that's why Eddie Van Halen played the guitar better than I do mm. because he had the guitar in his hand all the time you know it's you know you put the time in and you you get the the effort and you know I think I'm a great teacher but if you come to me for a lesson once a week and that's and you don't do anything for a week you know the coach is only as good as the team yeah right if the team is good the coach is good if the, if, if the if the if the coach is good the team is good but it's got to be together you know you, you have to put in the time you have to put in the effort and you have to you have to do it because you know none of us um language teachers we don't have any magic fairy dust i can't like go in my pocket and go and put the magic dust on you and now you're a native speaker I, I i we don't have that if i had that i would be covering myself every day with japanese fairy dust <laughs> i can't do that you know you got to put the effort in the sports team analogy is a good one because um you know you see quite often an exceptionally talented or talent we say talented really it's a lot of hard work as much as any natural abilities that people have but you see someone who is extremely good and then one attitude change or mindset change because of a contract decision or something like this and then their performance completely changes you know and becomes right. much worse because their mind is occupied by other things and if we apply that to english if we're not doing anything outside of the if we're not spending enough time focused on english itself we can't expect any improvement so if your focus time is just that one hour a week You've got to think, I'm speaking two languages. Imagine it's two sports. I'm, I'm playing two sports. I'm spending one hour on soccer and then uh, 85 hours on basketball. I can't expect my soccer to change. The same with language. You know, if I'm spending one hour in English and, and the rest of my time will be my native language, where maybe my tongue does different things, you know, different mouth positions. I'm not using a certain thing that I need to, that I want to improve on. You know, so we can't expect to change. That's it for this episode of the podcast. You can find Mike at Happy English NY on Instagram, and you can come back next week for another great episode. Hopefully, see you there. Ciao.